starting later than normal, but fortunately all in one piece. Welcome to Hand Todd. episode 444, all the fours, of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined this week by English Dan. Hello. And Andres. Hello, welcome. Um, this is, uh, well, we weren't going to record last week anyway because it was right in the middle of the Copa Argentina semi-finals and final. So the two semis were played in, on Wednesday mm-hmm. last week and then the final was played on Sunday and I thought it kind of makes more sense to review everything at once than to review that stuff last week and then just come back this week and just do the final. Um, but uh, the other good news, or, or the, the good news from the delay point of view, is that this gave me a chance to recover because on my way back home from uh, recording two weeks ago, our last episode, I came off my bike when somebody mm. went past me too closely. Uh, I swerved to try and avoid them and ended up hitting the sticking out mirror of a car that was parked at the side of the road. Um, so two things first of all wear your helmet because if I hadn't been wearing a helmet I think there's a very good chance we wouldn't be recording right now because I'd be lying in a hospital bed still Uh, and secondly if you're a driver please try and give bikes distance and don't try to overtake them if there are cars parked on both sides of a narrow street also Um, be wary about cycling home after the third finet well that as well but I'm although in my kind of (laughs) self-blaming spurt that happened immediately after the crash uh, I sort of gave it quite a bit of importance. I was I was running in a straight line. I mean, the guy came right Fair past enough. me. Um, yeah. But yes, I mean, do. And also make yourself visible. I've, I've got a light, but I'm going to be getting some reflective strips as well to stick on my backpack, I think, next time I, when I get back on the bike. Uh, anyway. Good to see you well, Sam. Thank you very much, Dan. Only a few customers. Yes. Yeah, the last time Dan saw me, I, I still had a bandage on, on my left arm, and I was quite a bit more cut up than this. Dan, Dan's uh, son, Noel, was very disappointed to see when I got here that... Don't about disappointed. Underwhelmed. Yeah. Underwhelmed, perhaps. He was he was looking um, looking forward to seeing some real war wounds and if, if just a couple of scratches. If, if he'd come for dinner with us the Saturday immediately after it happened, he would have seen some. Um, anyway, football... Quite a bit has happened since we last recorded, as I've mm. sort of just said, and we're going to, uh, I'm going to give you some spoilers for what's coming up uh, in this episode now, because we're going to take the biggest story first and then sort of go down in ascending order. And although, of course, the league championship has been decided, um, my opinion, and I think it's shared by the others here and probably by most listeners, I, I hope anyway. Racing's winning last night's Trofeo de Campeones is Yes, indeed. Of course. Uh, my opinion is is that uh, Boca Juniors winning another league title isn't as big a story as Patronato winning the Copa Argentina. And we will get into several reasons, really, why that's historic, not just for Patronato, but also for Argentine football in just a minute. So we're going to cover the Copa Argentina first, even though it happened second. Then we're going to cover Boca winning the league. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, the men who are either brave or foolhardy enough to attempt to follow up Marcelo Gachado at River Plate in mm. 2023, who may or may not have been confirmed or be 
possibly can be have D going to be confirmed um, in the next. I don't know. I've not been paying enough attention, but week or two weeks or something. It will be after the the friendlies. The River will play with Gallardo on the bench against Colo Colo and Betis in the three clubs. I haven't made that link, mm. but Real Betis are going to be playing Manchester United in, uh, just after the World Cup as well in a friendly in, oh. in Spain. So they've got a couple of very prestigious friendlies lined up, haven't they? Anyway, uh, first of all, Copa Argentina. Last weekend, last week, sorry, as I just said, the semi-finals were played. Those were played between Tacheres and... Banfield. Thank you. Banfield. And did, was that the one that went to penalties? Yes, I, I think. I think so. Oh, they both went to penalties, didn't they? Hang on, I've just realised. Yes. I could have because we, we when we when I hit record, uh, Dan's Wi-Fi had only just come back, and I've just realised that I can in fact get the details. Tacheres won one nil with a goal in the 79th oh. minute from Michael Santos. Um, as might have been betrayed by this, uh, it wasn't a particularly memorable match. Banfield had far more shots, but couldn't get any of them on target. Tacheres did a better job, more efficient in attack. A couple of hours after that, Patronato took on Boca, and given that I've just told you Patronato won the Copa Argentina, you'll be able to guess what happened. Uh, it finished 1-1, Marcelo Estigarribia giving Patronato the lead after about half an hour, Sebastián Misha equalising from the penalty spot with just over 15 minutes left, and then it went to a shootout, which Patronato, thanks partly to Oscar Romero having his penalty saved in the very first kick of the shootout, uh, ended up winning 3-2 with Bija missing or having saved the what turned out to be a decisive kick. Um, so very well done indeed by Facundo Altamirano, who saved three of the... the, um, the uh, Marina was the other. Yeah, Romero first. Luca Langoni scored, of course, as he has made a habit of doing for Boca. Mm. Uh, Boca second. Alan Morena had his saved, and then Agustin Sandes scored their... Well, scored their second goal in the shootout, but their, their fourth penalty overall. Um, and Vija had his saved. The scorers in the shootout for Patronato uh, were Jonas Acevedo, Marcelo Estigarribia and Facundo Cobos. This set up the final, which was played on Sunday evening between Tacheres and Patronato. And was not the most exciting match. Uh, football that was played in the Copa Argentina this year, I think it's fair to say. Um, no, they had pretty similar t-shirts. Uh, and if that was disgraceful, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> clash, yeah. And that's why I think they, they perhaps got confused and, and, and gave the ball to the to their rivals. I can't remember whether perhaps. it was you or Santi yes. who said on the group that apparently Patronato turned up to the final with only their chain shirts. And as a result, Tacheres were in their home kit, of well, their, their first kit, what, mainly white with, with dark blue stripes. And Patronato's away kit was all white so you could only really tell them apart from the short colours um, on the wide angle television um, and yeah perhaps that contributed to what was a pretty I mean in a way it was kind of a classic final right because you always think yes. finals are, tend to be dull cagey affairs uh, Patronato had largely sorry Tacheres had largely the better of the play uh, but it was Patronato but Tacheres had similar uh, experience last year when they lost to Boca in mm. the final playing also a match yeah. which was Quite awful for them, especially for them. So perhaps this, at this point they didn't want to show a beauty play, but only to win. And, and well, uh, uh, it turned out to be a, a quite yes that, that match, except for that strange uh, or, or lucky and, and funny goal. Yeah, 
indeed, yeah, from Thiago Banega, who has to win some kind of award for, as you say, the, the most peculiar goal. goal to win a trophy, possibly in football history. Uh, Got to be out there, yeah. D- defender tried to clear the ball from more or less the edge of the box. Banega charged him down, and it, I mean, Banega with a, a sliding tackle just tried to block the clearance and it hit him and ballooned over the goalkeeper and into the net. And that was what ended up settling the match and giving Patronato their first top-level trophy because they have won a couple of... I think they've won one third division and one second division trophy. I looked it up right after the the match ended um, before. But this is their first uh, title. First title ever for them, for a club from that province, from the Rios, and from a Catholic youth club also. Yep, and from a non-fully affiliated club. For any club um, outside Buenos Aires and Santa Fe. Yeah, and La Plata. Well, yeah, probably. Buenos Aires, yeah. Buenos Aires overarching, including the city and the province. Um, Just easier to say about that. The the affiliation um, that uh, Argentine footballers had, this sort of situation, we've described it in some kind of vague detail in the past when we've been asked about it, I think. Um, But basically, clubs from the city of Buenos Aires and greater Buenos Aires from La Plata and from Rosario and Santa Fe cities, which are both in Santa Fe province, um, are all, or nearly all, fully affiliated to the AFA, um, as a result of always having been sort of full members. And at some point in the 70s, I think they started allowing semi-affiliated or non-affiliated clubs into the pyramid, wasn't it? Which is why the third... When the National began. Yeah. When the National Championship alongside the Metropolitano Championship. In the 60s. so, yeah, this is the first time ever um, that a top-level trophy has been won by a non-affiliated team. And, and it would have been either way, because Tacheres are yes, also... Yes, are also being from Cordoba, yeah. are also not affiliated. Um, and it uh, also means, of course, that this happened two, two and a half weeks after Patronato's relegation was confirmed. Indeed. Which means that they are going to be playing in the 2023 Copa Libertadores by virtue of winning the Copa Argentina and the 2023 Nacional. I was about to say Nacional B, but it's not called that. Yeah. It's called the, 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 the most uh, a clear example of why uh, promedios or average should disappear. Yes, uh, although I think they'd have been relegated anyway, wouldn't they? No, they were mid-table. Oh, of course. Yeah, Possibly in one of the years they could have gone down, yes. but not this year. And as I pointed out on Twitter, they're going to be the first team to play in possibly in Rio de Janeiro, in Sao Paulo, wherever. Possibly even in Abu Dhabi, although that's got a question mark. And also in Jujuy and Puerto Madre in the same year. Oh, well. So that's going to be very fun. So tell us about why you say Abu Dhabi's got a question mark down. Because that was apparently going to be the venue for the 2023 Supercopa. The AFA just announced it out of the blue, as they tend to whenever they have an idea. They kind of got two speeds. It's either... Talk about something a lot and it never happens, or not talk about any something at all and then just throw it upon us. This happened with this apparent relocation of the Supercopa to Abu Dhabi, and then straight after Padronato won the Copa Argentina, they decided maybe it's not going to go to Abu, Abu Dhabi after all. It's it's worth saying that this might have had something to do with the fact that they um, they the media asked the president of Padronato what he thought of this right afterwards and he basically went it's going to be very expensive for us to get there 
so I, I mean, I'm guessing that he was. But now he's angry about it. Like, you know, if the yeah. AFA cover the travel costs, or if the sponsors cover the travel costs, or something. And I mean, who's going to cover the travel? The, the, when the deal was done, they were clearly expecting it to be River versus Boca every year or something, weren't they? Or you know, at least yeah. two of the big, one of the big five involved, both of the two of the big five involved, or something like that. Um, so for for Patronato to be the first team confirmed as having it is mm. without any disrespect at all to Patronato, uh, because I'm all for small clubs winning things, but it, it's pretty funny from a commercial point of view and from the point of view of somebody who dislikes anyway, the commercial side of football. If you if you have a deal to uh, get the to, to play Super uh, in, in Abu Dhabi, if that's because of course there is a lot of money. Mm. The only the only reason why. In, in fact, and that that doesn't cover the 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 the, the, the spending of the of the teams. To I mean, it must do, mustn't it? Really, but you know, who, who knows? Yeah. It, either way, it's a big complication for them as well. Um, and there's obviously something that he didn't like the sound of. But if it means, actually, I think it's even worse. Go on. Um, the resolution is in fact that the Supercopa will not be played in Abu Dhabi, but. Rather and like or so, and for some reason, the trophy that's going to be played in the United Arab Emirates will be under a different name, and played by Boca and Racing. Well, that's the Copa de Campeones, isn't it? Uh, the thing you just won the semi-final of last no, night. No, because they're playing that on Sunday in San Luis. I assume I mean, they're not changing. They're not going to just suddenly reschedule could that. This, so. Could this be one of the? Super Coppers that we're still waiting for because I think River as we mentioned just before we started recording I'm, I'm sure River and Boca have got to play a Super Copper from either 2020 or 2021 that hasn't yet been got round to very possibly but so I, I can't I wondering whether Boca Racing would work as the other one of those years I can't see where Racing will come into it at all rather than being as a club you know with a slightly more of a name than ah one possible option just to play a playoff between the two best teams in your table. And that would okay. be worth another trophy, apparently. Interesting. Yes. Um, congratulations, though, anyway, to Patronato de la Juventud Católica, holders of the Copa Argentina, who join in its 10th edition, I think. Or is it 10 years old? Because we missed one edition because of the pandemic. The first or is that, is that the same thing? I think it's the same thing, The final was in 2012. Yeah, so this was the... Just exactly how many have been in the It's both the 10th anniversary edition and the 10th edition, even though normally the 10th anniversary edition would be the 11th, because... Mm. Of the new Copa Argentina, because it was... Yes, yes, sorry, yes, since it was relaunched, of course, from having been played a couple... Two and most of a third times in the late 60s, early 70s, when they just didn't bother playing the final of the 1969 or 71. And how many winners have we had in that time? Since. River and Boca have won three each. Now Patronato. Patronato have won one. I've got a feeling Arsenal might have won. Sounds familiar. Because they seem to win everything at what, just once. Uh, Racing haven't won it, have they not? They've not. They got to the final in the inaugural edition, uh, lost, right. and then have done pretty crap. Central have lost finals to River and to Boca, and have they managed to? Did they manage to win one? Uh, they might. I think Central have are the, uh, the team one. who've lost more finals than anybody. Yeah the top of my head let's look at the list very ah, quickly oh no Tigre on the Copa de la Liga which is why they previously played in uh, the Libertadores and also the second division a few years ago Arsenal have one yes right. I was correct 
Huracan, who oh. inflicted one of Central's yes. defeats. Um, yeah, we were recording during that match, I remember. Central, and Central do have one. Aha, there we go. I think one of the most interesting things, um, since we have you know a fairly decent sample size now, mm-hmm. just how shit um, the other three teams in the Big Five have done in the Copa Argentina. Because you would think it would be a tournament which they, they could do could well in. They get to the latter stages yeah, in. Cause yeah, because you think, you know, winning a Libertadores or whatever for Racing, San Lorenzo, Independiente is going to be... Or, even, you know, you could even include Villas and Estudiantes in that group as kind of that mm. second tier down from Boca and River. Uh, you think, you know, it's all set up for them to have a, a decent run at, particularly since Boca and River are generally quite distracted with uh, Libertadores and whatnot. But yeah. They've been awful. Just looking down at the finals, Racing have been in one final on the losing end. San Lorenzo on a, on the one on the losing end the following year against Arsenal, and that's it. None of San Lorenzo, Independiente, Racing, Vélez, or Estudiantes have been in a single final uh, since 2013. So I don't know. I thought hmm. I thought of this the other day, and it seemed curious. Why are these kind of second tier, not Bocker and, or first tier, but not Bocker and River teams, so bad at the Copa Argentina? And there have been a lot of, you know, even just speaking from Racing's point of view, it's just been embarrassing most years. Yeah, I mean, when, when you think of one of the things I've enjoyed about the Copa Argentina, you know, that I remember getting excited about when it was announced that they were going to be rebirthing it mm. um, was that Argentine football needed a you know a knockout competition because of the capacity for shocks and excitement and stuff and I always say you know, I remember the first couple of years the media and fans on Twitter and stuff every time one of the big sides lost to some third division team from the middle of nowhere yeah they'd be like you see this is why the Copa Argentina is a waste of time it's ridiculous that these teams are able to knock out and I remember thinking, give it a few years and you're going to start mm. enjoying this. This is why the FA Cup is such a popular thing in England. It has been great, but sadly the upshot of that has been that Bochum River win it almost every yeah, year, I mean, that is, which isn't yeah. ideal. Uh, they've, they've, between them, two same of them, they won half of them. But, same yeah. thing was said about the female football. And, and now, for example, Boca, I think that they had a crowded stadium for, for the final league. They won, and they won the Argentine league. Mm. So, yes, now it's more common than it was three or four years ago to have a, a, a full, full stadium for, to watch stadium a female, female football. Yeah, and, and going back to the Copa as well, I've, I've always thought that the thing that it needed um, more than Boca winning it once every three years and River winning it once every three years uh, was for a team for whom the win was going to be something genuinely historic, genuinely the biggest moment in this club's history um, and for precisely that reason I was you know I mean like, I guess we all were supporting Patronato even though it would have also been very cool to see Tacheres win something from the underdog point of view and it, um, it was difficult not to be sticky up for and Patronato it's for so Patronato, I'm glad that they managed it against the run of play it's, it's another case like you mentioned for example Tigre won in a Copa de la Liga and uh, going to the second division teams that were relegated playing well because they they, they we were a decent team since uh, Facundo Saba was in charge. Yes, indeed. And of course, it's the first trophy in Facundo Saba's managerial career. And he gave an interview after and said that about a year or so ago, he was thinking about packing management in altogether because he didn't really, wasn't enjoying it. 
Um, very happy for him. He always comes across as a as an extremely pleasant guy. Yeah. Very very intelligent. Very kind of thoughtful, uh, sensitive. And I want to say that Australian Dan and I saw one of his first matches in management, but I think it might actually have been one of his final matches as a player when we went to see Ferro against oh. somebody back in like. 2010 or 2011 and we walked past him in the uh, in the mix zone after we bought the mix zone the, the gymnasium under the main stand as we were leaving the stadium um, he was holding forth to a, a, a fan blog I guess or you know one of the fan radio stations or something um, so yeah it, it's uh, it, it was nice to see him and, and then remember when he was uh, in charge of Racing to have quite often matches with a lot of goals 6-4 5-3 Something yeah, like that. that was a funny old spell because Racing just had a ridiculous um, amount of attacking talent in the team, I think. In the same team, they had Diego Milito, Lisandro Lopez, Lisandro uh, Lautaro Martinez, Marcos Acuna, Oscar Romero, uh, Matias Saracho, the, the youngster who's, who's now in Brazil. Mineiro, yes. Uh, and a couple more. Like, But it was just the most lopsided team in history because... Then you got to the offence and, and it wasn't quite as good. Um, so it wasn't really sustainable in the long run. Um, but it was fun until it ended up not being too much fun. I always think he got a bit of a raw deal from Racing because he did all right his first year. considering it was you know, his first crack at a, a big club. Um, they stuck with him when, uh, when the season ended and I think he finished fifth or sixth. Not brilliant, but all right. And then they suddenly um, gave him the boot a week before the se the new season started because he lost one of these these Champions Trophy Super Cup bollocks to Lanús, and that was mm -hmm. it for him. Mm. Yeah, I think he um, he got shafted a bit. There. Oh yeah, like I remember, yeah, like a week before the season yeah. kicked off. Yeah, they stuck with him the whole preseason. You know, had the team train under him, get his, then yeah, nah, fuck off. Mm. And I think they brought Zielinski in or something. Which was just a complete 180 in football terms. Yeah, that's um, that. It's not a decent summation. You know, quite a neat summation of just how clever um, Argentine football directors are sometimes. Yes, indeed. Player of the Copa Argentina. Any suggestions beyond Marcelo Estigarribia? Well, I think overall, for me, for the performances in the semis and the final, would well, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper was. Altamirano was very good, oh, yes. right, especially with that shootout performance against Boca in the semi. Yeah, I got to be one of them. Too. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, like, I mean, uh, it's logical that the the champion gets, or, or you you to mention uh, several players from from that team, but also Carlos Quintana, the the former Argentino Juniors uh, centre back, also was. Uh, mm. There was, I think, against Boca that he. Cleared everything from with his head. He might have a, a headache after the, the match. Uh, yeah, and of course he's the captain as well. So yes. leading by example. I thought Diego Baloyes as well for Tacheres could have been a contender for that, but he was a bit disappointing in the final um, compared with how he played. In I mean, most of the times I've seen Tacheres really this year in any competition until he's the one the who stood out. Yeah, generally. Yeah. Um, so congratulations again to Patronato. Um, segwaying back into the league, maybe they benefited in the semi-final from a little bit of a hangover from Boca. Well, Boca rested a lot of players. It was not exactly a reserve team, but it wasn't a full-strength team. Um, they definitely give a, 
gave a few guys a day off. Their 11 was Javier Garcia in goal, right. Marcelo Weigant, Facundo Roncaglia, Gabriel Aranda and Agustin Sandes across the back, Cristian Medina, Esteban Rolón and Martín Pachero in midfield, and um, proving Dan's point, this was not a, a full-strength side, Norberto Briasco and Nicolás Morsini <laughs> alongside Sebastián Villa up front. Almost worse than a reserve team. Worse than I remembered, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd be better off. They brought almost all of the big guns on, I think, in the second half. Briasco. But they yeah. essentially um, gifted the first half to Badranada. Yes. Uh, Briasco, Orsini, Rolón and Pachero were between them, subbed for Oscar Romero, Alan Barrera, Luca Langoni and Javier Morales. Not necessarily um, respectively, mm. but... Uh, that also proves that if, if, if you wouldn't have been for the because of the kids, especially Langoni, who scored the other day, I think Dan said that the goals, most of the goals he scored were points because, of course, Boca won one nil, yeah. and, and, and Langoni scored, and, and um, especially him. But the, the, the transfer market for them, for winning for, for Boca, was quite, quite uh, awful. Also, Roncaglia, uh, I mean, it's I don't know why, if he's uh, uh, perhaps the, uh, the, the Consejo de Football with Riquelme and, and the other directors saw in him something, someone to... I think they just brought him in almost as a mentor, right? To, uh, you know, guide the youngsters a bit and and set them straight. Not yeah. not particularly as, a, you know, someone who's going to start all the games. No, indeed. He's got to play sometimes. I was just happy to finally see that prick Visha get a little bit of karma. Yeah, I kind of... I mean, I, I thought it as well. It's obviously, considering the the crime he's accused of, it's it's a bit... Yeah, the pun it's not a punishment. But it's a good start. doesn't fit the crime, but it is always nice to see something unpleasant happen to him. Yes. Um, Long may I continue. Yeah, indeed. Uh, going back to the final... In the court of law, not any... Absolutely. Vigilante justice or more football misery? No, no. Of course uh, I mean, more football misery by all means, but it doesn't um, cancel things out. No. Going back to the final decisive day of the mm. league championship, however, you will remember that Boca played Independiente and Racing played River, and what Racing had to hope for was that Boca would drop points and that Racing who, as we mentioned last time, before these matches were played, don't have the best head-to-head -head record against River, mm. um, could beat River, who, after all, didn't have an awful lot to play for. We were debating whether Independiente would put up much resistance, given that Independiente getting a result in the Bombonera, which seemed unlikely anyway, uh, could help to hand the title to Racing. We were debating whether River would put up much resistance, given that beating or drawing with Racing would effectively hand the title to Boca, who went into the... Um, the, the race ahead. As it was, both Independiente and River showed us that sportsmanship, sportspersonship in Argentine football is not dead, it's very much alive and well. And I was slightly amused to report that uh, Miguel Angel Borja, the man who Dan said was the worst footballer in the world when he signed for River a few months ago, was responsible for two goals in the final 10 minutes plus stoppage time mm. to bring River from 1-0 down to 2-1 up by the time the full-time whistle went and in so doing had Boca the title which was yeah. not quite congratulations Borja they Indeed. brought him in to seal that all-important <laughs> third or fourth place and by God he came through and got it he what, a, the, what a signing Ended the tournament with nine goals I think he, which decent for providing the, his first mm. uh, matches which were 
really, really... Yeah, yeah. nine, yeah. It was joint fifth top scorer. Ironically, in that same game, up until about the 60th minute, it was horrendous. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, was, I watched him close, because like, I was in the stadium, unfortunately. And really off the pace, his passes were going everywhere. He was fighting with everyone. I think he was lucky not to get sent off because he was just lashing out. Really, really awful. And then just popped up in the box twice. To be fair, the second goal was almost just unnecessary because it was all over by then. Mm, yeah, um, I can't remember whether it came after the final whistle had gone in the Bombonera, but it was. if not, it was very close. Um, and Independiente, as I say, also put up a very spirited resistance. Mm. Um, and I remember uh, shortly before the matches, I, I switched the TV on, and I think I must have, because I've been watching United earlier in the day or something, for whatever reason it was set to ESPN. Mm. Um, rather than the you know the the, the paquete football channels that the local matches are shown on, and they were doing a vox pop with a bunch of Boca fans outside the Bombonera, oh. and as older Boca fans who were a little bit more realistic about things, it feels like a phrase that I've heard from them an awful lot of times on this kind of thing. They said, "We're the least bad team in 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 the division." Um, and that's why we deserve to win the league. Like if we can be said to deserve well, it, we're more than what he said. And so it proved because if you can only get a two-two draw at home to Independiente, it's in not ideal. Well, none of the teams which were uh, chasing for for the championship were able to win. Mm. And and the mm. um, and the funniest thing, of course, uh, not surprising because of the context, but funny if you take it out of the context is. Of course, Boca supporters celebrating goals from Borja, of, of course, from, yeah. from River. Uh, I think only in circumstances like this is... And, and Racing, Racing supporters celebrating a goal from Leandro Fernandez to put Independiente 1-0 up after half an hour. Mm. What was it like in the stadium when that one went in? Happier times than... Absolutely, yeah. I don't see the big deal of this. I mean, one celebrates the goals, which aids your team, Indeed. always. Yeah. So, if they happen to be scored by someone else, say, I don't know, Boca were playing Tigre on the last day of the season instead of Independiente. Mm. And Tigre scored to put them um, 1-0 up when Racing needed Boca to drop points. Would that be less bad than being happy that Independiente scored? Oh, I'm not saying it's bad at all. I'm just saying... I think this from from is complete bullshit. From a neutral point of view, I just found it really amusing. That's all. Really? And for one day to... I, don't, I mean, it's lo- but it's logical. Like, yeah, I know. You, it's impossible in that um, context to keep just a stony silence. Like, ah, it be in Discord. I don't like the fact they scored, but it is useful for us. It's just not going to happen, is it? Like, also, like you said, for we were you know, no one was cheering and hugging each other, but it was like, come on, yes, come on. For one day to have a clean, I mean, uh, uh, that not to be suspicious about the if whether one team will. Uh, play uh, to win or, or, or not um, uh, and I, I thought about Armani for example who saved the penalty badly taken by Galvan uh, yeah. Jonathan Galvan I the, mean the whole penalty situation is just a whole uh, different kettle of fish like even you know we were in the sands obviously a second before we'd heard Independiente equalised Happy, happy, happy. Yeah, so what had happened uh, in the Bombonera in the meantime was that Leandro Fernandez, as I say, had put uh, Independiente 1 0 up with a penalty about half an hour in. Paul Fernandez, former mm. Racing player, right? Am I making that up? Yeah. He was, wasn't he? Former yeah. Racing champion. Yes. Um, 
equalised very shortly after, indeed, just two minutes afterwards for Boca. So it went in uh, half-time in the Bombonera. It was 1-1 um, with Fernandes and Fernandes having scored the goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boca took the lead five minutes into the second half through Sebastián Villa. And it looked from that point as if Boca were going to coast. And then nine minutes to go, Javier Bachejo uh, scored the equaliser that Dan's mm-hmm. just mentioned, which was, yeah, what, just, just before or just after Borja equalised for River? Like, there were seconds apart because I was watching them on two different screens. I, f- I mean, we heard it just, Sorry, before, yeah, <laughs> just before the penalty went in. <laughs> so it was already tied one all. It might have happened before, but it right. filtered through to the stands about two minutes before the, the penalty occurred. Right. I honestly don't have a good notion of um, when things happen in that game, and I've had no inclination to watch it back. Um, but that was when that was my uh, my perception of it. Um, yeah, one like all. It would have been maybe a Boca score uh, in the beginning to score, and then almost instantly, Racing get the penalty. Yeah. And then no one wanted to take it. And this guy, Galvan, who is uh, like third choice centre-back, steps up. We barely know who Galvan is. And you're like... And you're kind of like whispering to each other in the terraces, Galvan, the fuck? Maybe he's really good at penalties. Like, he, he we don't know. We don't know anything about this guy. Maybe he's a he's penalty said, expert. Third choice, centre, uh, third choice centre-back, third or fourth choice, and had replaced... Johan Carbonero, who's a much more attacking-minded midfielder, just this a few was, minutes before... This was him, Racing were 1-0 up and yeah, exactly. Gago had gone to a five-man defence. Just which, a few minutes well, later. Brilliantly. Just a few minutes later, Borja equalised. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, presumably he's never going to be allowed to take a penalty again. I don't think he's ever going to be able to, allowed to, to play. step foot in Nevesanero <laughs> again. Uh, fair, but at least he had the guts to stand up because um Betty was on the field. And he hasn't taken a penalty since, I think he missed that one in the Copa de la Liga semi-finals against Boca, mm. when he was, before he was their first choice penalty taker. Gabriel Auche was on the field, a striker with years, decades of experience. Um, Eugenio Mena, like, full experience, Chile international, like, all of these guys you think would step up and say, right, give me the ball. Um, and it didn't happen, like, somehow it ended up at Galvan's feet and after the game Gago kind of washes his hands and says look you know my, I picked one guy for, um, to take a penalty Matias Rojas who done one early in that game and scored it very well you know my guy was already off I'd subbed him uh, it was up to the players I was like really Did, was that yeah, really the players to... determination like exactly what happened there and I think that kind of hurts more than than anything about that whole really embarrassing collapse because say I don't know Copetti or Alci or one of these guys picks up the ball puts it on the spot smacks it as hard as he can and Armani pulls off a brilliant save or it hits the bar or the post or whatever you think oh shit but it wasn't meant to be you know you gave it your best the football gods were against you that day what are you going to do yeah but, to send your third choice centre back up, watch him just take a really pathetic penalty that Armani also just kind of palmed out very softly and left quite an easy rebound, hmm. which was smashed into the second tier of the stadium. It's like, who hates us? Like, who up there 
despises and, the blessing and, and he when just you wants us to suffer in the most cruel way possible and when you see that that the rebound from the uh, in front of the of the of the goal you see yeah. the goal which is enormous and, and the goal looks huge the ball yeah. looks so small it's like how can that not go in there but it couldn't um easily the worst um afternoon of spent in a stadium as a fan Indeed. Uh, there you know we got to the state we got in the ground three hours early so it was a total of about six hours just standing there no food no water bit of drugs of uh, course of course that the ones who... just, yeah waiting for this to happen and then to end like that you're like oh fuck so. of course penalties are missed Gosh. by the ones who take the penalties but yeah. there was a moment of extremely high pressure and, and of course you Perhaps you are not prepared to, to, to assume that. And, and, and in, in fact, Auche, Copetti, Sigali was there also. Uh, or Mena, like he said. Yeah, all of these guys, you think. Yeah. Just kind of the worst way to lose a title because I've been adamant all, all the way through. You know, there was no chance for us and we're going to win this title. Uh, and I believed it. I thought, you know, Boca are going to see out that game against Independiente. It's going to be a complete non-event. Maybe Racing will win, go out with their heads held high, maybe they'll lose as they always do against River. That's fine. But just the way events conspired to make it as painful as possible, no. Devastating. Yeah. Absolutely devastating. Congratulations to Boca, who are Fuck champions Boca. of Argentina for the 28th, 29th time, something like that. Something like that. I think about that. They've gone to five or four or five behind River now, I think they must have done. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Fernandez has won it in three of the last four editions oh, the wow. Liga Profesional two with Boca and one with Racing huh. yeah. so there you go if you want to win next year's Liga Profesional sign Paul Fernandez this uh, January yes or December late December I think the window opens um, in a match which was going on the scoreline I'm going to guess potentially the most entertaining of the weekend with the drama of the title race accepted, but which is also going to be the most overlooked by virtue of the fact that it involved Huracan. There were other who, matches at the weekend? Who, at the time the weekend was scheduled, could have also been involved in the title race, and therefore this match was played at the same time mm. as those two. Patronato, now this sounds like a harbinger after, you know, in hindsight, now that we know what happened a week later, um, beat Huracan 3 2. 1-0 up, uh, and that was the score at half-time. And then in the second half, it went 1-1, 2-1 to Patronato, 2-2. And then something or other happened to create 10 minutes of extra time. And with virtually the last touch of the match, Emerson Batasha won it 3-2 for Patronato. Um, so well done to Patronato. Huracan, just like Boca and Racing, failed to win. But of course, they were already out of the title race by that point. I think as, it cost them the Libertadores. It did, yeah, I think, because as Dan said um, uh, some time ago when I mentioned Borja, uh, Borja's two goals did seal third place for River. The final standings are Boca 52 points, Racing 50, River 47 with a goal difference of uh, 21, Huracan 47 points with a goal difference of 14, and Atletico Tucumán. Remember the days when we were wondering whether they could hold on to the title? Mm. Uh, their leadership finished on 46 points. Only six points behind the champions in the end. So it was a very, very good campaign. Well, I, I think Tucumán achieved what Patronato couldn't, yeah. which was to, to keep safe in the, in the 
Yes, indeed. Annoyingly, Promiedos has already moved its, all of its tables <laughs> to the season that has not yet begun, that's going to be played uh, starting in January or February next year. And as a result, I can't see I've got it this out. year's annual table. Have you got it there, Dan? Yes. Do you want me to read it out? Uh, just give us uh, where did River finish and why didn't Huracan end up in the Libertadores spots and all the rest of that oh they did just oh, they did. right so who are the Libertadores teams Boca River Racing as winners of the annual table mm-hmm. there should be a trophy for that really mm. uh, yeah, it should be the league trophy because they should just yeah. have a league where everybody plays it's everybody else twice yeah. I think they got the most points in the Copa de la Liga second most points then and, and yet I have nothing to show for it. Hmm. Apart from maybe this weekend, which we'll go, we can go on and then go on to yes. a little bit. Right, Racing first with 80. Boca second, 79. Mm-hmm. River third with 76. Argentino Juniors fourth with 67. And Huracan fifth with 65. So those are the five teams who were into the next year's Libertadores via the annual table plus Patronato because they won the Copa Argentina. Correct. Okay. And then in the Sudamericana? Then there were actually three teams who drew with Huracan on points. Uh, Two teams, sorry, three teams in total, two teams with Huracan. Mm -hmm. Gymnasia, who lost out, who had the same goal difference of plus 12, but lost out by virtue of having scored two goals fewer. Okay. So if they just held on for that draw against Boca instead of going for victory, Mm -hmm. Racing would probably be champions. And sorry. You know what I'm saying. And Ignacio would be in the Libertadores. Exactly. Yeah. Stupid. And also in 65, Defensive Cordicia, who were three goals behind in goal difference. Uh, and I think all of those teams failed to pick up point. Ah, Defensive Cordicia won uh, against Atletico Tucumán, and Gimnasia lost to Tacheres. So uh-huh. if they got a point from that game as well, they would have gone into the Libertadores. So who else is in the Sudamericana apart from those two? Tigre, Nules, Estudiantes, and San Lorenzo. Yeah, San Lorenzo had a, a pretty good league campaign in the end. They finished sixth, uh, three points behind Atletico Tucumán. Yeah. Uh, level on um, points, but ahead of Tigre on goal difference. But, I mean, considering how terrible they've been for several years, yeah. it's been a big step up for them. They won 10, drew 13, only lost four matches, which is, when you look at the top of the table and consider that Boca lost seven, Racing lost five, River lost eight, and those are the top three. Um, San Lorenzo potentially moving in the right direction if they can learn to just turn a few more of those draws into wins, but at least they've started turning defeats into draws now. Absolutely. And they only lost nine of their 31 games in the annual table. Wow. Uh, Racing only lost five. Wow. All in the league, because they went unbeaten in the, the Copa de la Liga. Yes. Because the annual table only includes the group stage of the Copa de la Liga, doesn't Indeed. it? Include the knockouts. Well, they didn't actually lose one in the... Oh, they went out on penalties. They went out on penalties, right. yeah. Oh, dear. Football, eh? Um, Brilliant. We're going to take a half-time break now. We're going to refill our glasses. Dan's going to step out for a cigarette. When we get back, we will talk about who River are going to replace Marcelo Gachado with. There have been updates since we last talked about who River were going to replace Marcelo Gachado with. Um, and we will also talk a little bit about the league campaign to come because we don't know an awful lot about it yet, but one thing we do know is that the promedios are going to become just a little bit less important. Just little by little. So don't go away.
Okay, we will begin by just talking very briefly about that thing I said immediately before going to the music, which is that the Promedios from next season are going to get slightly less um, important. Silly. And the reason for that is that next year, this time next year, like, well, actually, no, I guess in more like late November, early December next year, because there's no World Cup in the middle of uh, the season next year, the middle of the European season, the end of the Argentine season, um, there are going to be three relegations at Good. the end of 2023. Two of which will be from the Promedio table, and right. one of which will be the lowest place, I'm guessing the lowest place not already relegated by Promedios, um, in the annual table. We're starting. We're mm. starting to phase the Promedios out, ladies and gents. Um, the last place, it says here on Promiedos, uh, in the annual table will go down to the Primera Nacional, as well as the last two in the Tabla de Promedios. I'm and how many assume. teams are coming up? For as well? Well, next year, obviously, we've got two coming up, which will be... Uh, is it two or three? No, it's two, isn't it? Two. Um, Still to be the So there will be two different teams. And whoever wins the, the Nacional playoff. Yes. Um, and I think this time next year, it's going to be two coming up as well. I think they're planning to make the division smaller. So on 2024, there will be 27 teams? Yeah, actually, hang on, let's check. We could check the Promiedos um, page for the... Nacional, couldn't we, and see what that says because that presumably will. Ah, no, it's of course the, the Nacional is still going on, so it doesn't refer to next year already. Um, but the situation there is that in the semi finals, the first legs have been played. Estudiantes de Caseros slash Estudiantes de Buenos Aires beat Gimnasia y Grima de Mendoza 1 0 uh, here in Buenos Aires, and Defensores de Belgrano versus Instituto ended 0 0. Uh, those were both on. Oh, sorry, they, they weren't both on Sunday. They were on Saturday and Sunday, uh, just gone. And this Saturday, at five o'clock, and then at ten past nine, Gimnasia play Estudiantes, and then Estudiantes uh, Instituto play Defensores de Belgrano in the second legs. Um, Gimnasia, of course, beat Independiente Rivadavia in the Mendoza Clásico uh, in the quarterfinals. So the winners of this knockout uh, is the final. Do we know if the final's one leg or two? I was just about to ask you the same thing. Uh, I imagine two. There could be one. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to assume two as well, but it doesn't tell us, which is slightly annoying. Uh, anyway, we'll find out closer to the time. But I'm well up for anybody at all being relegated on the basis of annual performance. It would obviously be better if all three of them were, but it's a start. You know, it's a step in the right direction. Yes. Another thing that Andres was mentioning is that the Copa Argentina never rests. We've just crowned a winner of the Copa Argentina, and days later, they've already made the draw for the 2023 Copa Argentina. Do you want to tell mm, us about yes. that, Andres? Well, yes, there are some draws already been set up yet. Uh, for example, River will play Racing de Cordoba. Mm -hmm. uh, about the first division teams, for example, Talleres will play Chacarita, Colón will play Colegiales, Lanús against Sol de Mayo, Gimnasia de Tirman del Plata against Excursionistas. Oh, no, uh, it says Excursionistas, I don't know whether it's. That must be Excursionistas here then, right? Just around the corner, yeah. I don't know why it's Hassanel, I've heard of the uh, name. Uh, oh, that place is somewhere else, Luján. Is there an excursionista de Luján? I've never heard of an excursionista. No, no, no. If you carry on, Andres, I will quickly Google excursionistas el. Who are Patronato playing? Apologies if you just told us I was distracted by Noel. Um, against Gimnasia, 
with an S because I, eat, I know if Santiago del Estero or Salta. Salta, ah, sorry. Gracias, yes. Well, news still hasn't arrived. Uh, Belgrano, who has been re, uh, uh, promoted, will play in the main Rivadavia and Mendoza. Uh -huh. Platense Defensores de Belgrano, who perhaps will be in First Division. Uh -huh. San Lorenzo against Sarmiento de Resistencia. Atlético de Tucumán against Estudiantes from I don't know where. Sarmiento de Junín against Chaco Forever. Code Cruz still hasn't arrived. Arsenal against Villamitre. Estudiantes Independiente will be a first oh, round. Oh, that's an interesting. Uh, so it's a random yes. draw then. It's yes. not a, a seeded one. Okay. So when you say these teams don't have rivals yet, are they teams who've been given a bye to the next round? or Still perhaps hasn't qualified. Or, yes, or, the, or their rivals, yes. their opponents haven't qualified. Okay, interesting. Well, that, thank you. Those are some of the draws. Cool. Um, so, oh, we appear to have a start date as well for next year's, um, I'm guessing, Copa de la Liga, which would be the 29th of January, it says here. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Here it just says excursionistas, by the way. And uh, for like, uh, I think it's just excursionistas. Green and red on the badge. Uh, there wasn't a badge shown. Oh no, but if it's if there's an L, then it can't be a excursionistas de acá. That doesn't make. Let me see. What? Let me look. Yeah, no, yeah, green, green and yes. sorry, green and red, green and white is what I meant. So yeah, that's excursionistas here. Yeah. I wonder what the L's about them. Anyway. I can't see any L. Oh. We'll see. Um, so, moving on, yes. then, to the next item on the agenda. River Plate. Marcelo Gachado's leaving. Who is going to drink from the poisoned chalice? We were expecting to be, or I was expecting at least, to be telling you that Martin Demichelis has been confirmed in all but... Actual, actually being confirmed um, because we were told that he was going to be unveiled in the next couple of weeks it's already been done, it's a done deal he's been managing Bayern München 2 um, for I'm not really sure how long but he's apparently Zwei. done a you know, pretty good job uh, but it, it, it's a significantly less high pressure job admittedly, although you know, just not speaking from personal well no, speaking from personal experience I can say that you could definitely do better that appoint a former Bayern München 2 manager uh, to manage your club. Because Eric Ten Hag is also a former uh, Bayern 2 manager. Do better or do worse? Sorry, yes, I meant to say do worse. Ah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure you could do better as well, but so far I'm very happy with the job he's doing. Uh, that is my uh, weekly crowbar again of the Manchester United <laughs> reference to this podcast. I apologise. Um, we should mention, since you're on the subject, yes. we had a first goal... Mm. For an Argentine we did. in Manchester United. And to justify us bringing this up... He, Argentine in inverted commas. He apparently beat George Best's record as the youngest non-English player to score for United in Europe in doing so. Alejandro right. Nacho, of course, it wasn't quite enough. United finished second anyway in the group. But, um, yeah. Uh, dragging this back on topic, however, Demi Chavis is apparently not confirmed as river manager. Mm. Well, he was never confirmed officially. No, yeah, sure, but I mean, all of the reports were, oh, it'll be in a, in a couple of weeks' time, they'll have the press conference and he's going to be unveiled. And now it seems like they're rowing back on that a little bit. It was not, they, they, what, what happened was that the others were uh, discarded, so all of the other ways were uh, 
uh, went to 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 the Michelis, mm-hmm. uh, uh, assuming mm-hmm. well being the, the the coach of of River, but um, now and, and I don't say that this is well now is the Michelis or Codet, but Codet has been sacked as it's a manager. available, yes, from Celta de, de Vigo, right, and the. That he, he was one of the others, other candidates to, to be the manager or the, well, the coach, uh, but he has had, had a, a job now, he hasn't. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and to be fair, what Chacho Cadet's one Achilles heel as a coach was that he was always crap against River. So if he's in charge, <laughs> if he's in charge of River, he can't be crap against himself. No, he used I to assume. complain about Armani uh, because he was brilliant in some matches. I guess Racing when he was in the bench, and the uh, uh, the thing is that he has, of course, more experience than the Michelis because the Michelis hasn't hmm. got any experience in first division. Uh, the other thing is the profile that it was said that didn't like that much to the some directors. Yeah. Uh, well, now it looks like it's him or the Michelis. There aren't any other candidates because. Uh, the other one who had experience and was also well qualified as Gareca. I don't know why he was rapidly discarded. I don't know if they... Well, he's got Boca links, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He sort of occasionally get, gets mentioned as, as a potentially potential Boca manager. He's played for them in the past. It must but be very expensive as well, I imagine. Yeah, Gareca. I would think so as well. Yes. Yeah. Crespo, well, Crespo is in water and they, they, they had to put uh, $2 million only to release him. Mm. So... Perhaps was a, there was a difficulty, then uh, um, it was, uh, well, yes, Crespo, Gareca, the Michelin were the three who uh, were like, was like uh, the, choose, the choice were, were those three then. Now it's called, it's free, so uh, the, the doubt is because of that, but the thing is that it was so, so many times to decide that uh, was, the name of the Michelin was early announced so now we you know it's a it's a problem because uh, uh, when you already had the the Michelis now there is an open gate also for 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 Codet and Javier Gandolfi who was in uh, not only the Michelis was was uh, almost announced mm-hmm. Javier Gandolfi was was in the point of being in the, in the, in the same in the staff like assistant of, of Oh, I see it's being appointed yes. to as Demichelis' assistant. Yes, right. to be with him, apart uh, 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 apart from, for example, Herman Lux, who is in the club and now is not, I think, working in any area. Herman Lux. Yes, as oh, a former who? player uh, and and uh, to to I mean to surround Demichelis uh, with players or former players that are already in the club. I remember the reaction. Was it the twenty or six World Cup squad? Which Lux was left out of, and so was like Aymar or Beron or somebody. And in the rest Leron, of the world, in the rest of the world, everybody was like, "Oh my God!" Like, let's say it's Beron. Juan Sebastián Beron has been left out of the Argentina squad for this for this World Cup, and all of the headlines here were about Lux being left out <laughs> and showing him in, a, in tears in the press conference when he was asked about yes. it afterwards. Uh, because he'd had an amazing season for River in, in goal. But, yeah, wow, what a blast. Well, it was him and Gandolfi, Javier Gandolfi, the, 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 the actual uh, coach of Tacheres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gandolfi will probably be with the Michelis when the Michelis is not still uh, announced as a, as, a, as a coach. Well, Gandolfi renewed his contract and he will remain at Tacheres. Right. So there is now a 
one less man man to, to, to be in the in the staff of the Pinola was also announced or named or linked when he's still a player. I was going to say, I didn't retired from playing yet. He hasn't decided whether he wants to retire. He has the, the degree on us. He's a coach. Right. Uh, but uh, I think also Lux. But, uh, well, so now it's... Uh, it was the Michelis, Lux and, and, and Pinola or Gandolfi. Now we don't know whether it's the Michelis or Caudet, perhaps. Mm-hmm. We shall see. If it gets uh, confirmed between now and whenever we record... Oh, a World Cup preview episode, which I think will be in two weeks' time, because I'm hoping to be away next week, um, that we will obviously talk about it, but it seems like it probably won't be. I mean, on the one hand, I guess you want to appoint somebody before the summer really begins in earnest, right, so that you can talk to the new manager about what he wants from the transfer window, who you should try to bring in, which players he wants to try to renew the contract of. You can try and get Quintero, for example, to, you know, you can give him some reassurance and say look this guy's going to be in charge now we know who it is because obviously they're trying desperately to hang on to him at the moment on the other there isn't that much of a rush like that's what I think the World Cup means really the best big long gap and there wasn't any need to even leave Demetrius almost one month time to, to to know who will be the coach and, and, and names thrown in the, in the media yeah. I know whether perhaps from the club something would uh, which you didn't well, I mean, last time it was more common. Of course, every club has this of to throw information in the, to the media and, and to to make some noise. Mm. That was something more had to do with Boca, but River also has that power. And and now it's happening that because well, the Michelis, the Michelis with whom? Well, it could be Luke, could be Pinola, and now you don't know whether it's the Michelis. In the middle, there is a lot of time, like he said, and. And when Gallardo will be in charge for the two friendlies against Colo Colo and Betis to make things quite, uh, I mean, tidily and, and, well, tidiness is now what is not happening. Yeah. Mm. Um, either way, it's, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be somebody with strong playing links to River um, and with a, a, you know, pretty strong place in, in the hearts of the, the fans thing- of the club, which is yes. going to be... A good thing, given that, as I said, it's kind of the impossible job because you know you can win a couple of titles even, and it's still going to be well. You're not on what Gasharado won, um, so it's sort of the job that you. The bad thing is if that if you're going to take it over, you better win the Libertadores in your first couple of attempts. The bad thing is that if now it's coded, well, the Michelis, the relationship between River and the Michelis will, I think, be a bit worse. Yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, the Michelis had announced that he will leave. Germany, mm-hmm. no matter uh, whether River will be uh, will working at River or not, he said that he had said that. Right. Uh, um, but yes, well, it might still be him. We don't know, but it's you know we'll have to wait and see. And it's also it's yes. when we talk about the lack of experience that he has, it's worth remembering that Bayern reserves play in the German pyramid. It's not like mm-hmm. here or England or you know a sensible country when the reserves don't get to play in the, the main pyramid. He does have some experience in managing competitive football. It just happens to be for a team that can't get promoted to the top flight, or I suppose to any flight that Bayern are playing in, but that's the top flight because well, they're has to, unfortunately. What these uh, board members doesn't have experience on is looking for mm. managers. 
because yeah. or, or coaches because uh, they well, had they to do it once. Well, they could have on Offriel though, so they could yes. ask him for some advice, I guess. <laughs> They're his people. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, watch this space. Um, what else do we have to? Uh, the latest final, which is coming up on yes. Sunday. Okay, so we're not going to be um, recording a review of this because it doesn't really matter. We'll probably mention it in passing if we remember in a couple of weeks' time. It doesn't, it doesn't. And I'll explain why in a little bit. If, From one team's perspective, it is. The reason that Dan is saying this is because Rassing are involved, so it matters to him. But uh, the not the Superb Coppa, I keep having to remind myself this, but the Coppa de Campeones, which is the match that's played between the Copa de la Liga winners mm. and the league winners. Which I believe Racing are still defending champions because they won it in 2019 and the against Tigre. Did, did, was there not one played last year? I can't remember. Or do they have to play it? Isn't that what they're going to play in January against River possibly? Uh, maybe. Um, at any rate, it's not on sofa score so I can't tell you. Uh, but... Anyway, um, Boca obviously won both of those trophies this year. And mm. so last night, as we record, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, last, sorry, yeah, yesterday uh, three afternoon, o'clock really, in, uh, it was three o'clock afternoon. in the afternoon, wasn't it? I had to, to leave with about 10 minutes to go to um, go and practice pool. So I was losing track of what it was. Um, as we record, it was yesterday. By the time this goes online, it'll be Wednesday. Uh, Racing played Tigre, mm-hmm. the two runners-up in the competitions in question to decide who plays Boca. Uh, that one was... Uh, it looked to be done and dusted at half-time, to be honest. Tigre were 2-0 up. Was it 2-0 yes. at half-time? It was. 2-0 at half-time. Um, they've been playing far better. But it was... The match as a whole was all one-way traffic mm. in as much as all five of the goals were scored at the same end of the pitch. But yes, it wasn't all one-way traffic in as much as I mean literally at the same end of the pitch and not all by the same team. Mm. Because Racing came back from 2-0 down to draw 2-2, and then in the second half of extra time, i.e. after they'd switched ends a second time... Was there extra, I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining, but what was there extra time? When in no other Argentine or even South American competition I have extra yeah, time now. Again, ridiculous. not complaining, I couldn't have handled penalties. That uh, would have been too much. But yeah, in the second uh, second leg, uh, it sorry, so the second half of extra time, they scored another goal yes. to win it. Now, this popped up on sofa score yesterday and I was looking at the things and now I as I said the competition doesn't appear so I can't see <laughs> who scored the goals but Dan tell us who scored the goals uh, I can barely remember to be honest um, Tigre scored first through a penalty Rattigian I'm going to assume it's, um, it was Mateo Rattigi, yeah, and then added another one and I can't even remember who scored the Racing goals. I was... Romero, Jonathan Gomez and, and Auche was the last one. There you go. Auche scored the last one. I knew that. Um, so yeah, real, really a game of two halves. Um, Racing were awful in the second half, in the first half. Didn't really look like they even wanted to be there. And then I think they, uh, they kind of realised that they had to do something after the... Pain of you know losing the league in that in that fashion, and just through the kitchen sink at it basically in the second half went all out against Tigre who who pulled back as well uh, and managed to get the goals some really some nice work nicely worked goals as well uh, especially uh, Gomez's equaliser mm. a really really nice nice work goal 
and I think there was a um, there was a disallowed one which would have been a golazo if it said but it was rightly ruled out there was oh, one um, yeah. the shot kind of hovered in by the far post yeah. and it wasn't certain whether it would go in or out and the, I think it was Romero poked it in in a clearly offside position so we'll never know if it would have missed or not but in the end it didn't matter um, and I said before you know this is clearly just a ridiculous competition that shouldn't be of any interest to anyone I'm going to interrupt very briefly and yes. say that when he uh, I presume for a friend because he said for people outside Argentina but Seba in our WhatsApp group yesterday asked for links to, to watch it and said for this stupid cup that doesn't mean anything or something which I found quite I didn't say anything to it because I'm not that sort of person but I found that I am the sort of person to bring it up behind his back on a podcast afterwards obviously uh, to hundreds of listeners but uh, I found it quite amusing because back in the day before I even moved to Argentina but when I was already in touch with him I remember having arguments with Seba about the relative importance of Super Cups because he was quite adamant that they were big competitions because you had to win stuff to get into them and I was quite adamant that nobody cared about them and if it's less important than the thing you have to win in order to qualify for it it doesn't matter um, I'm pretty so, sure Seba was asking for himself to be honest basically Seba's not, not going to hear this and isn't going to be able to respond so I had the last laugh uh, but now, carry on down. Uh, yes, it's meaningless, but for Racing it's not so meaningless. Because you were coming off this just horrendous body blow of losing the league. Kind of all of the goodwill you'd accumulated over a really good year for Racing, let's be honest. I mean, they got more points than anyone else in the entire country. So, I don't have this cast aspersions on this... Um, this talk about Boca being the least bad team, I would mm. contend that possibly Racing were the least bad team, just with the worst timing of I mean, when they when, got them wins. When you put it like that, that over the course of the season, Racing won more points than anybody else, it, it does feel like maybe that's a better basis for deciding I mean, the league. We all know that's not enough to win anything in, um, no. in Argentina. But perhaps this Mickey Mouse game in San Luis on Sunday will be a chance to get a bit of Silverware finally end the year on a happy note when no one thought that was possible. Mm. And I think it would be fair vindication of, um, of a coaching team headed by Fernando Gago, which really has done fantastic work this year because... Oh. I'm not sure what those noises in the background are. Sounds like somebody might be in distress, but don't carry on now. Um, yeah, a coaching team that has done fantastic work in turning around a team which was dreadful last year, finished Krasnos in 15th, 16th in the league, looked, looked like they were going nowhere fast and really changing very few pieces has, has transformed them in, into a title challenging team. They fought for all of the, um, for both of the, you know, domestic Copa de la Liga and, and Liga trophies, didn't quite make it. Um, so it'll definitely be something and, and, and playing a kind of football as well that I think if it weren't for a very obvious reason that it's not going to happen it, it would otherwise have potentially be, be uh, seen as, as linking him to the river job that's now becoming available I mean yeah of course that um, clearly isn't going to happen but yeah. in terms Star of the style he's been playing yeah. and, and, and what he seeks to do and the way that he's turned it around and his age you know the, mm. the, the, the potential that's there yeah. I think if he hadn't been, if he weren't a former Boca player, he'd be seeing him heavily linked to River now. Yes, and thank God he is. 
Indeed. Um, that would be too much. Incidentally, while Dan was talking, I was having a look on CypherScore and trying to find this tournament. And while I haven't done tournament, <laughs> trophy, and while I've not been able to, I have stumbled across the page on CypherScore for the Supercoppa Argentina, which is the winners of the league against the winners of the Copa Argentina. Now, we mentioned at one point, I think during the first half of the recording, that we couldn't remember which years had been played and which years hadn't. Um, but it turns out the 2021-1 was played, and we can understand why now Dan um, had scraped it, erased it from his memory banks, because it was played in March of 2021. In other words, it was between... No, I remember that one. It was in 2020, and it was won by River It was 5-0. I was talking about the Trofeo de Campeones, not the oh, okay, right. The one that ha- the Supercoppa that hasn't been played is the 2020 Supercoppa, which presumably would have been played between the 2019 winners of Copa Argentina and League, and is the one that I think I'd read was River, to be River Boca. Yes. Uh, I can't remember who won what in that year. River that won year, Copa Argentina. I don't know whether Boca won a, cop- right. a, a torneo a transición or, or or a League Cup or a I don't know what, what because. Almost all the time, the, the, the tournament changes on the titles also. Uh, there just, was a I just two thousand. Mention that because it, it got brought up earlier very briefly, yeah. and I was it was bugging me as well as to what it was meant to be. Go on now. There was also a two thousand and twenty one Trofeo de Campeones game. Yeah, I dimly remember it. I can't remember who it was. Well, it would have been Colón against River. Uh, Colón. River. River. Yeah. Yes. Do you know how it ended? It Anyone? Like two one to four nil for River. Four nil to River. Very good, Andres. Yes. I can't think why I thought Colón won it. When was that? <laughs> yes, January? I remember. The Colón won the in the middle of the year. They had the in won. late December two thousand twenty-one. Yes. The one that hasn't been played is the Trofeo de Campeones two thousand twenty, and that's scheduled for the twenty-second of February and first of March two thousand twenty-three. And that's River Boca. Boca River and Banfield. Oh, okay. Because you had the same thing where. Boca won the 2019-20 Superliga and the 2020 Copa de la Liga Profesional. So that's the 2020... And River and Banfield are the... T- that's the 2021 Super... Two fa- uh, 2020. Copa de Campeones. 2020 Copa de Campeones. Yes. So, and, and the 2020 Super Copa is River Boca. Yes. Right. <laughs> that's why Boca uh, has been complaining about the Copas they haven't played... Because they I want to add it now, yeah. Because yeah. I've got loads of them backed up. <laughs> the, the the thing is that if you if add stop it, winning, they will have a problem. I think it's you okay to play that. to play and to have import, give importance to to trophies that you have to win a, a competition to get to them, but not add them as a. What I think is not okay is to add them as a normal title, uh, as if they had won a. a no, I mean, they, let's yeah. look at this a different way. If Boca and River weren't involved, would they have even bothered in playing these games? Uh, well... Say if it yeah, was Padronato Banfield, yeah, would they at, have... at some point they would. You reckon? Yeah. Sorry. No, yeah. I mean, as it is, they've taken like a year and a half or two years to get around to arranging them. Well, three so it's years. it's not as if yeah. it, it gets prioritised necessarily. Yeah. Um, moving on to listeners' questions. First of all, we have one... In this did, was not in reply to me asking for listeners' questions on Twitter a couple of hours ago. Uh, but it was earlier today. It's from Gareth Davis, who says, I have recently started following Argentine football, so 
welcome to the club, Gareth, because I'm guessing that if you've recently started, then you've also recently started listening. Apart from your excellent pod, thank you very much, thank you. could you recommend any other good English language media sources? Thanks. We can. We can recommend uh, Peter Coates' Twitter feed, which is Golasso Argentino, uh, and he puts out an occasional podcast. He doesn't do it as regularly as we do, specifically because he doesn't want to be competition for us because he's scared of me. Yeah. No, not really. It's, it's because he can't be asked, I suspect. Um, but yeah, him and uh, what well, Dan's Twitter feed, of course. Dan, what's your Twitter at? Uh, Dan Edwards Goal. There you go. Don't, but although it is obviously every week is is tagged in um, in our request for questions, don't bother following me on Twitter because I never use it anymore. Um, Print media wise or like written media wise, I don't know if anyone really covers Argentina now that I'm not working for goal. Between you not working for goal and me having transitioned into a completely different environment yeah. and only now doing this podcast uh, I'm not really sure no, I think it's just Peter's website that you need to check mm. really maybe Vickery does the other article on ESPN which touches on oh, Argentina yeah. Yeah. and World Soccer of course well no Joel does the stuff for World Soccer ah. so uh, that's about it I think but yeah there's, there's not an awful lot else um, if you want to employ me to write stuff about Argentine football Indeed. send me a message yeah. so uh, you can commission down he's very cheap yes I'll it. write anything you want but, you know, particularly if, if you're from a country that isn't Argentina or Britain, he's happy to take payment in pounds or pesos, and they're both cheap for you at the moment, mm. so go for it. Um, Dennis Kennedy says, favourite game of the year? Oof. I mean, there have been so many of them. I know my least favourite one. Go on, tell us about your least favourite <laughs> one. The one that just happened um, a while ago. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Andres? Favourite game? Favourite match of the year? Yes, it's... I, I will help... To think about that because um, I know whether to think about River game there weren't that much um, yeah it's really really difficult to, to think about only one or well to think about a, a game that I said wow what a game mm. uh, I'm trying mm. to think to, to go a little bit left field I think I, no I think I, I would have to say Racing Force and out for that game and everything <laughs> and there, was a, there were a few of them in uh, at Racing this year, two frills, one for three. It was a fun year, as I said. Um, showing back the end, well, that hasn't quite ended yet. Um, but you know, you have to like a team that just scores ridiculous amounts of goals, fights for the title. That's that's football, right? That's what, what more can you ask for? Indeed, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for uh, in, just in terms of the spectacle, in terms of, of that history being made aspect uh, I'm going for the Copa Argentina final it was not a good game <laughs> but it was a National Cup final the team who won it won the biggest thing in their history you know, it's, it's always just as a massive football history geek that interests me and, and excites me and it's also just so great to see the celebrations afterwards when Again, as I always say, like if River or Boca have won it, then you're like, yeah, it's one more trophy for them. And their fans obviously enjoy it and the players enjoy winning something. But you don't see just the sheer, the full-time whistle goes and suddenly everybody just evacuates the bench and is pelting like at, at full speed to, to congratulate the players who are on the pitch. Uh, it's not the same just outpouring of emotion. So that was, for me, the probably the nicest moment. And the other... Uh, and I think I've picked the right one here, but it was when Atletico Tucumán was still top of the league, but sort of there were those 
three or four rounds in a row where Boca were playing before them. So Boca would win their game and go top, and the pressure would be on Atletico Tucumán, and we'd all be going like, can Atletico Tucumán keep it up? Can, can, can they manage it? And the match that they beat Estudiantes 3-1, um, after being pegged back deservedly mm. and being really under the cost for most of the first half. Is uh, that the game where they scored from the halfway line as well? Uh, maybe? I think so. One of them? Um, but yeah, two goals from Augusto Lotti in the second half to win it 3-1, which also happened to be uh, their penultimate victory, unfortunately, as it turned out, because they did fall off. There. A couple of weeks later, they beat Platense 2-1, and then they finished the season off with two defeats and two draws. Um, so it was a bit of a damp squib, but that match in that moment was the point where it was like, <laughs> yes, they, they actually might do this. Um, as I can find a single match that I liked uh, the most, I, I, I will choose two, and also Copa Argentina, but for Patronato, having won against Boca and River, both. Yeah. First, first River, and both, of course, on penalty shootouts, but anyway, uh, it's, it's River and Boca. First quarterfinals, uh, also not, not letting River and Boca play each other, because if River had beaten Patronato, they would have... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, yes, I will go with those matches. Yeah, that, that's another point, actually, that we elided earlier, which that although we kind of yes. mentioned that Tacheris were probably the better team on the day for the final, that Patronato hit them with a sucker punch. Yes. Patronato, if, if you put River and Boca out in the same Copa Argentina run, it it's deserve, difficult yeah. to say you don't deserve to win the trophy. Yeah. Um, Even when we, it was this River and Boca were teams which weren't that, that strong. Yeah. And the other one, just to, I mean, I'm going to throw it out there with many, many apologies to Dan, sincere ones. But from a, just a purely footballing point of view, but actually genuinely enjoying watching the match mm. and with the drama and everything that was going on around it. And the real pity is that neither of these teams actually ended up lifting a trophy at the end of it. But Racing River, uh, <laughs> it was a really good match. You know, it had everything. It had the pressure it on, was, on one Yeah, of the it was a hell of a match. The other team with nothing to play for. You've got a player scoring a double to, to come back from behind. You've got the missed penalty late on and everything. It was just taken in isolation. If that had happened at any other point mm. of the season, it would have been a very And equaliser scored by River was a magnificent goal. Yeah. Mm. That is where when you wonder why, why they why couldn't you do play this before? Often. This, yeah, more often. Um, Dan? I was, I've already said, 4-3. Oh, yeah, but you look like you were going to say something else. Yes, I was going to say, if we could nominate a player of the season, and is there any reason why it wouldn't be Mateo Rodi? I don't think so, no, because if you are the top scorer of the league by five goals, I mean, we mentioned earlier that Borja was joint fifth top scorer with nine goals. Mateo Rodi got 19, um, playing for Tigre. Mm-hmm. There is no other possibly reasonable option, is there? Like, no. okay, not as head and shoulders as Julian Alvarez was this time last year, not as head and shoulders as Enzo Fernandez was during the, the first half of this year, and in, in mostly in the Copa, obviously, and on an individual rather than team level. But playing for Tigre to score 19 goals when Tigre, oh, Tigre as a team scored 41, so he scored one shy or one and a half shy of half of or their half goals. Of in the league campaign. Magnificent. Franco Cristaldo was the second top scorer from midfield with 14, which is oh, an honourable mention as well. As well. Um, I don't know if both of them now have to go back to Boca. 
and I don't take it us because he was online. I mean, the, I'm not sure about Kudelma. The flip side of that is, if Boca don't insist on both of them going back, how silly are Boca being? No, but I mean, I'm not 100% yeah, whether Cristaldo's contract still belongs to Boca. Yeah. I would imagine so, so when but I, those are the things that are difficult to understand. You have Cristaldo, of course, and Rotegi play that that way uh, with Huracan and Tigre. Perhaps if they play for Boca, it's different, but. Well, it would be different because they wouldn't be getting picked, would yes. they? <laughs> yeah. So you hope Pachero, Orsini... scored what? How many goals? Pachero, Orsini and Briasco. Uh, and you have Retegia Tigre and uh, Cristaldo Turacan. Mm. Indeed. Uh, actually, I've tried to look up how many goals Benedetto has now and uh, can't find the answer. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Retegi has to be. You're right, Dan. No, nobody brought up that question, but uh, thank you very much for, for doing so. Because this is, after all, as I said at the top of the episode, it's the final episode we'll be recording on club football this year. Uh, And Liam Kelly has come in, he's no relation to me, and he says, "Um, Surprised at how professional River and Independiente were in their matches? No. Yes and no. I mean... I wasn't, to be fair. From the narrative point of view, yeah, it's a bit surprising. But also... It's happened before, you know. Like I've I've seen it. I've been following Argentine football for two decades now. God, that sounds that makes me feel very old indeed. Mm. Um, and I've I've seen you know similar things. Maybe not quite on the level of that we had this head to head between four of the big five, uh, in which the two teams with nothing to play for needed results to deny their direct rival, which would help their direct rivals to win to win the league. Um, but, you know, we've seen things in the past where fans have been going like, oh, no, you want to throw this game in order to, to, give the, to make sure our rivals can't get the trophy. And it hasn't ended up happening. Um, I've seen well, already there, relegated teams, there were people battering ho- teams who've got a title to play for. As there well. were people, especially, of course, supporters of uh, Independiente and River, uh, hoping for, for the teams, the, the, the teams to, to, to throw the games mm. and, and, and let, not let their the, the, the classic rivals win the in the league um, and I, I was thinking Ar- Ar- Armani has possibly the, well he will have the chance to, to go to the World Cup he won't do any silly thing to, to even if if, it, if he uh, saving a penalty let's Boca become champions uh, and supporters especially in of course not official pages web pages were saying that Gallardo is, is a betrayed us and, and, and that's that, that things that then then uh, uh, when you you watch a game uh, of your team and, and not wanting them to win it's really really strange but well they some of them were really uh, well wanted for River to, to to lose that game on purpose yeah not to let Boca win uh, Liam also asks this is a really good question because first of all Remember a few years ago when I mentioned it earlier in passing, but when Tigre won the Copa de la Liga mm-hmm. and also got relegated, and there was this whole thing, and eventually the AFA ended up changing their own rules so that Tigre mm-hmm. could play the Libertadores the next year. Because prior to that, the AFA always said if you qualify for the Libertadores in the same year you get relegated, then you can't play the Libertadores that you qualified yes. for. Yeah, there's um, a caveat for clubs that make it through cup tournaments. Yeah. So if you so they, they finish fourth in the annual table somehow, but also last in Bromeos, you yeah. won't be able to play it. So Liam's question is, now the reason I, I, I mentioned that is that when I read the first half of Liam's question, I thought, oh, he's, he's talking about this, he's not aware that he's forgotten that the rules have changed. Turns out he hasn't. 
He's remembered a different rule that I'd completely forgotten about, but while Andres was talking, I've looked up the answer. So, Liam's question is, will Patronato be allowed to take part in the Libertadores? A requirement is having a women's team, and I don't think they've got one. Now, this is a rule. I say I've forgotten about it, and that's because I've mentioned it in the past. I think you have, yeah. And I've mentioned that, in my opinion, UEFA should be doing this with the Champions League as well. And when I first learned about it, United didn't have a women's team. Uh, I don't think Real Madrid have got a women's team still now. Um, but it's like one which is sort of affiliated but not quite and I think and they play in white yeah um, but I have looked it up while Andres was talking as I said and Patronato what uh, Comebol do allow clubs to do is affiliate with an already existing uh, women's team and apparently Paraná has two or three women's clubs um, so the idea would be that they get an official link and obviously Patronato will need to then help the women's team out with funding uh, with training, uh, with kit, and all the sort of the other stuff that because the the teams in Paraná are very much in the amateur divisions. They're not among the the sort of what what would it be about fourteen or fourteen to twenty or something like that uh, professional clubs who've played in the, the first division since the first division here was professionalised in women's football. Um, but yeah, they are going to be having meetings, and this I found this news report from yesterday, uh, from Wednesday uh, in Ambidon, in which. Uh, Oscar Lenzi, who is the president of Patronato, says that they're going to be holding meetings in the next couple of days with officials from these two or three women's clubs in Paraná. So, at the moment, they don't meet the requirement, but they are given a grace period in which to meet it, and yeah, there's no particular reason. You know, they'll, they'll come to some agreement which allows them to play in the Libertadores. And team. there is a precedent because Libertad de Asunción did the same thing um, associating with Club Esportivo Limpeño. Yeah. Um, well, there's also, as well as the precedent, it's also, I think, written into uh, the statute. It, it, it's allowed in the rules, yeah. as well as there just being a, an argument for it. Um, but yeah, good question, Liam. Thank you for raising it. Mm-hmm. And the answer to your question is yes. I mean, they have to pull their finger out officially of it, but right they now, should be able to. The do. situation has to change in order for the answer to be yes, but the situation is going to change, and the answer will be yes by the time yes. the Libertadores actually kicks off. Uh, and Liam also adds fixtures slash Copa Argentina draw are out some interesting matchups and yeah we went through that earlier and indeed there are Um, that's it there's no Mystic Sam this week because I'm not predicting well no okay Boca Racing I'll go for Racing to win it it doesn't matter Uh, that's the Mystic Sam prediction it's not got the theme tune or anything like that but there we go Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening to Hand of Pod for the year as I've said, this is the last episode in which we're going to be talking about club football. We have to do something on the World Cup, right? Exactly, yeah. We do, unfortunately, have to do something on the World Cup. I wanted <laughs> to just ignore it altogether because of where it's being held and the circumstances under which it's being held there. Have um, you not caught World Cup fever, Sam? No, Because it feels like here um, is the one place people are getting really excited about the World Cup. And I'm finding it hard to resist. I have not. I'm quite looking forward to it. Uh, but we, we can talk about this in a little bit more detail in two weeks' time because I kind of realised the last couple of days... From our listeners, you know, point of view, you're going to want something on the Argentine national team. Argentina are, in my opinion, justifiably among the favourites to win it. I hope I'm not jinxing them by speaking that out loud. But uh, we will be back in, as I said, not next week because I'm going to be away, but in two weeks' time. I don't know, is that's going to be like the day before it kicks off, right? Yeah, not far off, yeah. Two weeks today. The 20th yeah. of November is I think. So, what? Two days before. Where are we? Third? Yeah, okay, sure. Yes. So, yes, two or three days before. Perfect for a preview. Um, 
we will try to to give a, a preview. It's probably going to be quite a short episode, but you know, we'll talk about the national team. The squad, of course, will be out by then, and we'll have had a friendly against the United Arab Emirates Ooh. to uh, look back on, see Excellent. whether Argentina can go out on their own as the longest unbeaten record in international men's footballing history because, of course, right now they're tied with Italy's 27, which ended in last year's Nations League final. Uh, Where do you stand on this, Andres? Do they need to lose that unbeaten record first to have good luck in, in yes. the World Cup? Yes, yes. Should I they do. throw the game against... 35 matches, don't they? <laughs> Should they throw the game against the United Arab Emirates? To, yes, to I, keep think, this I think yeah. so, yes. Of course. Right. If you're a betting person, listen... Indeed. There's um, probably a lot of superstitious people in that national team. So they, they're probably going to be playing worse than River or Independiente. I, I asked pretty much that exact question whenever it was we last had an international break episode mm. with Santi here. And he took the piss out of me. So I'm disappointed <laughs> that you didn't just get shouted down then. Uh, but anyway, thank you very much indeed for listening now and throughout the year. And we will be back with you in a couple of weeks' time to talk about the national team but for now it's goodbye from Andres thank you goodbye goodbye from English Dan goodbye and goodbye from me goodbye